0: Of our salvation, which is the hymn we're going to be taking a look at on this Rumination Tuesday of Law and Gospel, June the sixteenth in the year of our Lord twenty twenty. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me on the line is my co-host, the Reverend Mark Smith. Hi, Mark. Hey, Tom. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good.
1: That's a I great hymn.
0: This is a hymn that you enjoy.
1: Yes love it it's a, it's a great hymn and and I think it's a very timely hymn for us too with all the with all the uh the unrest going on in the world these days
0: yes it's under the category of the church militant
1: church militant yes
0: can you explain what that means
1: well, uh, we're, you know, when we go, to, we go to heaven to be with our Lord and all the saints that have gone before us, that will be the church triumphant. But we're, as long as we're in this world, we're still under the cross, and we're still contending with sin and uh, our, our own sinful nature and the devil and, and the world. And so we're, we're still fighting against these things, and so we're in the church militant.
0: Yes, it was uh, written by Mathis Appelis von Lühenstern. He died in 1648. So well, he sure hit
1: one out of the park with this one. It's a great hymn.
0: You really like these words, and uh, I think there must be another, um, how shall I put it, words to it, because I understand somebody once used a tune for their wedding.
1: Yes. Yeah, it's a different hymn. Uh and it's more of a, I think it's more of an entrance hymn. Uh that one is. But this is uh, this is for the church militant, right?
0: Whose wedding was that?
1: It was my daughter's wedding. She That's chose right. chose the cha- same melody but a different hymn.
0: Boy, she's Your kids are really good at choosing hymns.
1: <laughs> yeah, they they like these they like these big ominous uh, sounding hymns. You know, another one they like is, um, oh, the the seminary hymn. They love that hymn, too.
0: Yes, Thy Strong Word.
1: Thy Strong Word,
0: yes. Yeah, they always sing that at the graduation of the students. Although I didn't hear the graduation this year because it was on the Internet. Did you hear it? Were they Chicago. singing that one?
1: No, I did not. But uh, yeah. I remember, yeah, I remember it was all going to be, uh, what do you call that, vir- virtual?
0: Yep. Without further ado, would you be so kind to read the first stanza?
1: Certainly. Lord of our life and God of our salvation, star of our night and hope of every nation, hear and receive your church's supplication. Lord God Almighty.
0: So what do we mean by church's supplication?
1: Uh, church's prayers.
0: Yes. And requests. Yes. So Lord of our life and God of our salvation, those two phrases were also referring to Jesus Christ. He called himself Lord a number of times. You re- remember a time, the first time that he was referred to as God by the apostles?
1: Yeah. yeah let me think now.
0: Um, All you have to do is remember my first name.
1: Oh, Thomas. Yeah. Doubting Thomas said, my Lord and my God. Of course, I, I, I'm tempted to think of Peter's uh, confession. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. But uh, yeah, he it was didn't Thomas, call him God. Yeah. Thomas uh, is the first one to actually uh, address him as God. Exactly.
0: Exactly. So he's the God of our salvation, uh, the Lord of our life. Now, is he the Lord of every life then?
1: No, I, I, you know, I was thinking where he says Lord of our life and God of our salvation. I was thinking he was, um, uh, he was talking about not only is he our preserver and sustainer uh, of our earthly life, but he's also our our savior for eternal life. That's kind of what I was thinking of those two lines. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I took Lord of our life to referring to Christians. And Mm. therefore, those who have been brought to life, uh, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Right. Right. And what that meant is that he is the God of our salvation. Mm -hmm. The, The next word, star, why the word star, you think?
1: Well, that, you know, a couple of things. That... That harkens back to the uh, the star that shone the the wise men uh, where the child lay. It harkens back to that, but it also I also think of the Son of Righteousness ar- arising with healing in His wings.
0: Yes, and what does that refer to? Sometimes, uh, when we look out into the universe, it's referred to as the Morning Star.
1: Morning Star.
0: Do you know what um item that refers to? What item what refers to? Morning star. Uh, not uh, spiritually but astronomically.
1: Mhm. Is that um I don't know is it, is it the sun? No. Is it Venus? Yes. Venus the star Venus?
0: Yes, very good.
1: It's it's the first one it's the first one what? Or the last star to appear in the uh, at dawn? Uh, but, I guess uh,
0: whatever it is, that's the one they're talking about. Uh, when uh-huh. they say, I see the morning star, uh, I've been told they're talking about Venus.
1: Talking about Venus, yeah. That's kind of what I remember too.
0: See, God doesn't speak our language. So he has to use metaphors all the time to explain his relationship to us a uh, Father, we're His children. Jesus is the star, the first thing you see in the morning, the first light, and He's also Lord God Almighty.
1: Now that's and He's hope, the hope of every nation, the hope of every nation, really. I mean, uh, you know, He He would have all men, all people, be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth, and uh, God so loved the world. So he's, he's really the hope of it. He's the only hope of every nation. He's the only yes. Savior.
0: All other hopes are based on their works, and therefore there is no hope in that, because nobody can do the works that God demands for salvation. And he's just not
1: just some whimsical hope. Uh, he's the, he's the, sh- the sure and certain hope.
0: Yes, so you have an assurance.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: When we move into the second uh, stanza, we get even more metaphors. If you would read stanza two, please.
1: Oh, I love this one, too. You know, uh, see round your ark the hungry billows curling. See how your foes their banners are unfurling. And with great spite Their fiery darts are hurling. Oh, Lord, preserve us.
0: Now, where does he get that kind of information? Um, What's that really referring to? Well, it's
1: hearkening back to, uh, I think it's hearkening back to uh, Noah's Ark. You know, uh, when it was, um, you know, when when the flood it was through through the flood that the ark was borne up and uh and sa and and saved and, and uh and uh, the uh, contents were kept saved, the uh, the hungry billows curling. The church the church is really like an ark. we're we're, we're brought into the ark through water, through the water of baptism. Excellent. And, and it was uh it was water that that brought uh, the original eight people into the ark as well as all those animals so uh so the church is an ark in fact I don't know if you ever noticed our church building at Prince of Peace Lutheran Church my people remind me of this all the time how much it looks like an ark especially when you look at the ceiling it's it's got ribs there ribs uh struts in the ceiling and it, it looks like it looks like if you were looking at the bottom of a boat
0: that's right. Uh, St. James, where I was for 28 years, also was an upside-down ark. Yeah. And uh, then, of course, the baptismal font, many of them have eight sides, referring to the eight people that were saved on Noah's eight people Ark.
1: Were saved. That's right. And it also refers to uh, baptism Is like the, the eighth day. Of our creation, or, or or Easter is like the eighth day of our of our. Well,
0: you know what else was the eighth day? Circumcision. Circumcision. That's right. Yep. That's a pretty nice picture that he's doing here. You don't think of it. Put yourself on the ark, and then these hungry billows curling. Yeah. Uh, the billows would be what? The clouds. The storm. No, I
1: think of I think of them as waves. Oh, waves curling around that. the boat. Yeah, and, and you can imagine
0: time, those outside the ark. No hope of salvation.
1: Yeah, but in the in the church of today, we've got our foes. Their banners are unfurling. Uh, you know, we're in the church militant, as we said. And uh, outside of the church, there's a there's a lot of enemies.
0: And you can tell it by reading many of these marches, their banners. Like, kill oh, white people. Oh, I know. Police,
1: oh I know. Or kill police. Oh,
0: I know. Or all isn't these it, crazy things. Isn't it
1: terrible? It's terrible.
0: Now, th- this was written, you know, 500 years ago talking about banners unfurling, and yet we're experiencing that even today.
1: That's right.
0: And, boy, do they ever have spite uh, against the church. What would their fiery darts they are hurling refer to?
1: Well, that's, uh, of course, Satan hurls his fiery darts at us all the time. And yep. in fact, in fact, remember the armor, the whole armor of God, the shield of faith which is able to quench all the fiery darts of the evil one.
0: Well said. That's
1: right. And so, the and the world, the world uh you know which is uh the domain of of the devil, um the world also casts its fiery darts at us too.
0: The uh, three that are often mentioned are the world, the devil, and our flesh.
1: And our own sinful flesh, that's right.
0: Yes. In in fact, uh, that's being dealt with in the epistle reading. That may be why they chose this hymn from Romans 6, because it begins, Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal bodies to make you obey their passions. That would be the fiery darts of our flesh.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we don't want to let sin have dominion over
0: us. No. We, we're always going to be, we're
1: always going to be, we daily sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. But you don't want to let sin have dominion over you.
0: One of my favorite Bible verses is there, Romans six fourteen, For sin will have no dominion over you since you are not under law but under grace that's right and being under law means you presume you will be saved by obedience to the law yeah and that always according to this text leads to eternal death because you always fail that's right that that's proper preaching of the law in a sermon to help the people not only see what God demands but also to show them it's impossible for them to achieve those demands. And that way the gospel becomes very important. Yeah, All the right. law
1: either the law either uh makes us uh puffs us up. The law, you know, if we think we can earn our own way by the law, we're we're puffed up or it it ultimately uh, drives us to despair when we realize exactly. when we realize we cannot keep the law perfectly it drives us to despair we and we die a despairing death so so either way the law is the law is not the way you want to go
0: stanza 3 please okay lord be our light
1: when worldly darkness fails us Lord, be our shield when earthly armor fails us, and in the day when hell itself assails us. Grant us your peace, Lord.
0: All right, couple of things here. Be our light when worldly darkness veils us. Why do you think he used that metaphor, veil?
1: Well, this is a... We we speak of the world as being a veil of tears. Right. You hear that expression ever? I do.
0: I don't recall it from the Bible.
1: No, I don't either, but I've I've heard that expression a lot. This this world is a veil of tears.
0: Isn't that word veil, though, V-A-L-E?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, it is a veil.
1: Well, maybe it is. You know, come to think of it, maybe it is, Tom.
0: When I hear the word veil, what I remember is what Paul talks about, that over many Jews, their faces are still veiled because of their belief that they're saved by their works.
1: Excellent point. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. I
0: hadn't, I hadn't and they're for, that. They're in worldly darkness, and that veil needs to be lifted... By the light of the world. Yeah. Explain that.
1: Explain that metaphor a little bit more. The fact that uh, uh, how uh, that w- what makes us have this veil?
0: W- when we're under the law? It's called original sin. Okay. We're born with the inclination to rebel against God, so we never, ever see God clearly. C.F.W. Walter makes a point under law and gospel that the law can be understood even by unbelievers. There's a natural sense to the law, not murdering, etc. Oh, yeah. But the gospel never is known by unbelievers because it has to be revealed. That's right. And when it's revealed, then the veil is lifted from our face.
1: That's right, and it's only revealed from uh, the Holy Scripture, the Word of God.
0: That's right, and only by the power of the Holy Spirit do they receive faith. So, Lord be our shield when earthly armor fails us. That's interesting. How does earthly armor fail us? What is the earthly armor you think he's talking about?
1: Well, it's not. It's not the shield of faith. It's not the helmet of salvation. It's not the sword of the spirit. It's not. Uh, um, it's not the, our feet shod with the with good news of the gospel. Uh, so what is it's, it? It's it's earthly. It's earthly armor. It's it, like when we when we try to save ourselves by money or by fame Excellent. or by. Uh, or by uh, yes. whatever, whatever we treasure in this world that we think is, that we depend upon uh, to save us.
0: Yes. Uh, you, you can tell where people's real hopes are during these days uh, of the uh, flu and the violence, et cetera, because of what they go after. What's the day when hell itself assails us? Can you think of an example?
1: That's, uh, well, the, you know, the, the last battle, I mean, uh, the end of the world, uh, when, uh, things get really bad and, uh, if God doesn't cut time short, his, his elect would, uh, be lost, but he yeah. will come, he'll come, he'll return in the nick of time and, and, uh save us all Uh, raise us up
0: how many times have we spoken to shut-ins near death who are afraid of death and the good news we give them is that god will still grant them his peace right and that's how that stanza ends so talking about peace please read stanza four
1: can i ask you one more question Do you think when, when, uh, earth and let's see when hell itself assails us, uh, is that referring to the time leading up to the last day or can it also be, uh, referring to our last day before death?
0: I would say both.
1: Both. Okay. That's kind of what I thought too. Okay. You want me to read the last verse? Sure. Peace in our hearts where sinful thoughts are raging. Peace in your church, our troubled souls assaging. Peace when the world, its endless war, is waging. Peace in your heaven.
0: All right, the word that I think we need to explain to children when we're going through this, peace in your church, our troubled souls assuaging, what does that mean?
1: Uh, I would say... um, Quenching our thirst. I usually think of assaging as as quenching of thirst or soothing.
0: Well, it's actually a negative though, so it wouldn't be quenching your thirst. It would be your feeling your thirst.
1: No, I do uh, you, you, you think so? Our troubled souls assaging. I would think of that as, as a soothing of our troubled souls. Or a quenching of our thirst. I've heard of that word used in connection with uh, uh, quenching thirst.
0: Yeah, the reason I think it's a negative in that the other three are all negatives. Sinful thoughts are raging. Endless war is waging. So that's all negative. Yeah. So troubled souls assuaging. Um, yeah, but it doesn't troubled make, it souls, doesn't
1: make our troubled souls need help.
0: Well, that may be true, but it's not found there until the last line peace in your heaven. That's yeah, it's just something that's how people differently take a look at the hymns.
1: You know, I I just ran out of time this morning. I was looking at that word of saging. I thought, should I grab a dictionary and look it up? And I just ran out of time. But um, that's all right. Peace when the world, its endless war is waging. Well, again, sure, apropos for the times in which we're in right now.
0: Yes. um, Give an example of a sinful thought raging where we need peace in our hearts. What would be a sinful thought? Anger. Yeah, anger at God Unrighteous
1: unrighteous anger.
0: Right. Unrighteous anger because of what we're going through. Right. So when you hear this hymn you often think at least the tune of your daughter's wedding, but it's a, a, a really a strong hymn.
1: It's a beautiful hymn, yes.
0: It's got great words, and the translator Philip Pusey died in 1855. Well, thanks so much again, Mark, for helping us here. Tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we'll be taking a look at C.F.W. Walther, continuing his evening lectures that he had done to the seminarians. I'm Pastor Tom Baker with Pastor Mark Smith. Till tomorrow, then. God bless.